Welcome to Dream, Declare, Deliver with your host, Chris Gorell. Join us each week as we explore how to live a life by design by applying the tools and techniques of emotional intelligence and personal transformation. Here's Chris. Well, hello and welcome back to Dream, Declare, Deliver. My name is Chris Gorell, um, author of... Typhoon Honey, The Only Way Out is Through, and a new book that's coming out in just a few weeks um, called Learning to Feel. And today we're talking a little bit about um, learning to feel and some of the some of the tools that that um, we come up with. Um, I wanted to just share a conversation I had over the weekend. I was at a party uh, with a lot of other people, and um, one of the women in the group um you know, spoke up and she said, um, you know, I was at this, at this workshop and a man got up to the microphone and he started talking and, and he just started crying and, and revealing all this stuff about himself. And, and I was just really turned off by that. Men should not do that sort of thing. And I was reminded of something that Brené Brown said early in, in her book publishing and touring career. She was doing a book signing, uh, for, uh, uh, Daring greatly, I think it was. And, um, a man came up to her and, and he said, why don't you, why don't you write about men? And she said, well, that's just not been part of my, my study. He said, well, that's really convenient. Um, so she asked him more and he said, well, you see those three books that you just signed for me, my, my wife and my daughters, they would rather see me die on my white horse than ever fall off. And what she found and she, that changed her whole research. She started, um, started interviewing, um, men. She started interviewing, you know, um, uh, green berets and, and, um, rangers and, and people who are in special forces and, you know, who really dared, um, greatly, who really risk a lot. And, and, uh, what she found was that there was a level of vulnerability, but she also found that, the people who held them to that high level weren't other men, but that it was their wives, their girlfriends, their, their daughters, um, you know, their families um, that, that kept them in a place where, where they didn't want to hear that emotion. Um, and so I started talking with, with this woman and her husband and I said, no, that's not what emotions are about. You know, yes, we all have emotions. We all do that. And when somebody has repressed it for as long as this man probably had, when he starts tapping that that well, you know, everything floods out because, you know, he hasn't had a chance to express that before in his life. And it, and so what emotions really are, are they're a doorway. They're a doorway to something that's much deeper inside of us that cause our emotions. And I've written about this in, in both in Typhoon Honey and in Learning to Feel that the source of our emotions is not, not some spontaneous thing that pops up, see a bear, get afraid and get afraid. But rather, there's a thought and a belief behind the thought that are the source of our emotions. Uh, we don't, we don't have emotions. We actually manufacture emotions. Our brain does that. And what it does is, in, in the case of seeing a bear and getting afraid, what happens is there's, there's a thought that's right before the emotion 
being afraid uh, that says I might be this this creature's lunch, you know, and and um, and I don't want to be, and so I I need to run away. I need to kick in that fear response, that fight or flight response, so that I can survive. So what happens when? And this is what I was explaining to the the woman and her husband. What happens is that we when we have access to our emotions. What we then can do is unlock the thought process and the belief system that's behind that thought process and have better control over who we are, what we choose, how we do what we do, um, and all those things that make our life our lives. Most of the time, most of the time, we are running on reaction mode. We aren't actors in this life. You know, Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and every man's an actor. No, we are reactors. <laughs> we are not actors. We don't have choice unless we get into the substrate of our, of our being, of our, our mental being and understand what's going on in there. Then we can make a choice about it. You know, so if, for example, I have a belief that I am a victim, you know, the world is out to get me. Everybody's out to get me. And, and I, I, you know, don't have any control over this. Then I'm going to interpret everything that happens to me from that perspective, from that paradigm that says the world is out to get me. I am a poor little victim. What happens when we, when we catch ourselves feeling victimized, feeling less than, feeling um, sad, put upon, all, you know, all different kinds of arrays of, of, of emotions that we might feel from that victim mentality. When we start looking at that and open the door to what was the thought right before that? You know, I shouldn't be treated like this. You know, everybody beats on me. You know, there's then we say, what's the belief that's behind the thought? And once we discover that, where we, you know, what we have to say is, where did that belief come from? And that belief came from some experience. Usually those experiences were long ago, far away, maybe even in our childhood. A lot of what we do is formed in our first years of, of development. 90% of our vocabulary we learn before the age of five. And along with all that vocabulary, we learn about the world that that vocabulary describes. And all that time, we're just a little pipsqueak. <laughs> you know, we're just this little kid. And, uh, and, and the world, you know, is bigger than us. It's faster than us. It's stronger. It's smarter. It, you know, it has control over us. And so a lot of times we form this kind of what, what Alfred Adler called the inferiority complex, you know, I'm not bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. I'm just a little pipsqueak. And out of that inferiority stance as a child, we form one of two different directions for our path. One is, oh, yeah, I'll show you. And the other is, well, maybe I really am a squirt and I'm just a victim and so on. So when we get, so here's what happens. We have this emotion. The emotion says, you know, feels sad because somebody just picked on me or some, I just got victimized by the system again or whatever. We go back and say, well, what was the thought before that? And the thought was, well, I should be treated like everybody else, but I'm never treated that way. Then what's the belief behind that? And where did that belief come from? And we can trace these all back to our early experiences. 
We can trace them all back there. And here's the real key. If we can get back there and understand what was the experience that caused that belief to be put into place, you know, the belief is actually a story, an interpretation of an event. There's what happened. There's what we, as a little kid, made up about what happened. Those two things are different. They're separate. So what happened, you know, I can't change history. It it happened. Maybe maybe your parents were abusive. Maybe your brother beat on you mercilessly or whatever. Those things happened. I'm sorry for that. I really, I, I wish we could do something about it, but it's already done. There's no time machine. We can't go back in time and fix that. However, the interpretation that we made of that event or those events that my brother picked on me and I, you know, I was beaten mercilessly and blah, 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 blah. You know, the interpretation is I'm just a little shit or I'm, you know, I'm not worthy or I'm whatever, you know, we make an interpretation and we can't change the history, but we can change our interpretation because we made it up in the first place. So once we realize we made up that interpretation, that belief that's driving the thought, that's driving the emotion, that's driving our actions, once we get to that place where we say, oh, I made that up, then we have a choice. We can make up a different story. Yeah, that happened, but I don't have to believe that I'm a shit. Yeah, that happened, but I don't have to believe that I'm a victim. Yeah, that happened, but I don't have to believe that I am unworthy. I can make up a different thing that happened and that, you know, that was their problem. They were, they didn't know how to uh, correct people or, or teach their young, you know? And so they, you know, say they beat on me. They tried the only way they knew how to do that. And it meant nothing about me. I am a great person. I'm a good person. I'm worthy. I'm a child of God, whatever you want to put in there as your interpretation, that's yours. And you don't have to buy into that thing that your little child brain made up about who you are. Emotions are the key. They unlock the door to getting access to that reinterpretation process. And so why it's important to learn how to feel and why I wrote the book was so that we can teach each other how to get in behind the emotions you know, so that we can unlock those those belief systems and those thoughts that are causing our reactions on a daily basis. You know, we don't we don't act, we react. And what we react to is stuff that we made up. It's not real. The events are real. Can't change them. That's history. You know, uh, I don't know what you were doing on September 11th, 2001. I was running a workshop, um, but many people had a reaction to that event. You know, what happened was a couple of crazy people flew a couple of planes into a couple of buildings. Some others got grounded and, and, and exploded on crash or whatever, but that's what happened. Historically, that's just what happened. You know, what we interpreted it as, oh, God. The United States is under attack. 
we've never been under attack before. I'm no longer safe in my own country. We, you know, some people say, oh yeah, well, the United States deserved that for, for meddling in everybody else's business. You know, people had all different kinds of reactions to that same event. You know, a couple people flew some planes. A lot of people died that day, but a lot of people die every day. Why was that day different? What was your interpretation of that? Now, I don't want to be blasphemous if that was a sacred event and you lost your family member there. Uh, I, I mean, my heart breaks, you know, for for that. But but your interpretation of what that means about you is something that lives with you and causes you to continue to act in a certain way. If you made up that interpretation, you can change your own interpretation. It's your story. You're the author of it. You know, we, you know, we, we contend that you can be the sole and uncontested author of your life. And the way you get to do that is through your emotions. Learning to feel is critical. It's a critical skill. It's something that's valuable for everybody, men and women alike. It's especially valuable for men because we think that we are all logical. We think that we're operating on a set of core beliefs and values and, and morals and so on. And that, you know, that we act on our commitments, but understand that even those commitments are made from our belief systems. So you may have made a commitment to somebody, but you have this clause in the back of your head that's based on your belief system that if something else more important comes up and supersedes your commitment, that you don't have to honor that commitment. You know, and so we do a lot of work with men on how to honor their commitments and how to have their commitment be senior to their belief systems and their reactions and their circumstances. Now, that's surface stuff. You know, to really get that to stick, we have to go inside and get at the core level belief and where that came from so that we can alter that. So the work that I do and I've done for, for years, I've been working with men and men's groups since 1979, maybe even before some of you were born. But, you know, it's it's something that's vitally important to me um, that we work with men to teach them how to have emotions, you know. I'm sorry that this this man who stood up in front of the woman that was at our party um, let loose with all of that stuff as he blubbered his way through and tried to express what was going on inside of him um, with all those emotions flooding up from the retained the dam that had been backing them up all those years. Um, and it just started coming out for him. What he eventually can get to, though, is once he he's unleashed those emotions and he has access to them, then he can open the door and look at what are the beliefs and thoughts that are causing those emotions. So I just wanted to come on very quickly today and just have a short one um, that talked about this event, you know. By the way, I did talk with the husband separately and, you know, found out that you know, what's interesting is that this woman has two sons and she coddles to them. She allows them to whine and complain. And, you know, she just does what I mean, she says, I'm their mom and um, and I just want to take care of them as long as I have them. And then when they grow up, they can find their own wife and and figure it out on their own. Um, so here she is. She's doing 
for her sons what she doesn't want to allow this other man to do. And and probably what she's associating with that man who was crying and trying to express what was going on for him, what she's probably doing is classifying him as a child like one of her boys. And so I don't want to play psychologist on you, but that's probably, you know, what what he and uh, you know the the husband and I came to was like, ooh, that's really what's happening. You know, she's saying that belongs to boys, you know, because I have two boys, they whine and complain and they cry and they, you know, get their own way because I give in to them, you know, and so she was seeing this grown man doing that and associating it with that. There's her belief system. That's causing her to have the visceral reaction of, I was disgusted by this man. And, you know, you know, if we had talked longer, we might have been able to get to that with her, but it was a party and, and I wasn't going to go there with her. I just let her let her talk. So, um, so, you know, learning to feel comes out August 15th. Um, it's available now for presale on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com and also from the publisher directly, MSI Press. That's Mary, um, Sam, Indigo, um, MSI press.com um and i'd love for you all to uh, take a take a look at it Uh, the reviews have been just awesome and um and so we'd love to get uh, a lot of a lot of sales and and books out there because i believe and the reason i write is i want to help people in in this process you know if i just help one person then I've done a good job. I I feel successful as an author. So um, learning to feel August 15th uh, is the release date. Um, Get yours today and I'll see you on the next episode of uh, Dream, Declare, Deliver. Take care. Mm -hmm.